0: He's got connections, from actors and athletes to comedians and world-class musicians. Andy Hall. His contact list is jam-packed with some of the most recognizable names in entertainment. And every week, Andy Hall's bringing them to you on the Laser Airwaves. This week in Andy's Hall Pass.
1: Just in time for Halloween, Dave Schrader is an experienced paranormal investigator and radio host and appears on the Travel Channel as lead investigator on The Holzer Files, premiering its second season tonight. Dave, thanks for
0: coming on. I'm thrilled to be talking to you. Thank you very much for having me here. I appreciate it. Before we get rolling,
1: I'm a Minneapolis guy, born and raised. Big fan of your work on the radio side as host of Darkness Radio and Midnight in the Desert. Oh, thank you. Not to mention the times you've either shared the airwaves with or filled in for one of my radio heroes, Tom Bernard, on his show.
0: Oh, very cool. Boy, you do know your stuff. Uh, I'm not on Midnight in the Desert anymore, but I am from... Uh, I'm doing darkness radio still, and I still pop on with uh, Tom's podcast from time to time.
1: Hopefully, those will be conversations, all of those things for another time. Today, it's all about the launch of an all new season of The Holzer Files, premiering tonight at 10 o'clock Central on the Travel Channel. A show in which you serve as lead investigator and, along with your team, revisit some of Dr. Hans Holzer's most captivating cases. And I suppose we should just start there, Dave, who Dr. Holzer was and why his work dating back 50 plus years remains relevant, even to this day. Clearly he was way ahead of his time.
0: Well, Dr. Hans Holzer was one of the preeminent paranormal investigators here in the United States. He certainly wasn't the first and will not be the last, but he was certainly one of the most vocal and brought it out into the mainstream and he wrote over 140 books covering everything from witches to UFOs, psychic phenomena, and ghosts, of course. We're reopening these famous case files to go back in with a 21st century perspective and give a new look uh, at these cases. He knew that no case was ever truly closed. And even though he may have removed one ghost, there might be other elements of history that would make themselves known. And that's what we've been finding over the uh, course of the first two seasons of filming the show.
1: Now, you interviewed or, or knew the late doctor, didn't you?
0: I did. I, I became friends with his daughter, Alexandra. He and his daughter both released books at the same time. His final book, her first book. And I had them on a uh, header. We talked to Alexandra first, then talked to her father For an hour and that was his final radio interview and uh, he was not a fan of the current state of paranormal Um, you know he thought people were too heavily reliant on technology but that was because technology hadn't caught up yet he wasn't familiar with the, the the tools and how people were trying to take theories and ideas of science and apply them to investigating but he believed in being in the moment which is what we try to do and and just document what unfolds as it happens
1: And I'll tell you, in terms of all the material you have access to, documents, letters, photographs, audio and visual recordings, some of them dating back to the 1950s, that's got to be as close to Pandora's box as one can get, Dave.
0: Oh, it is. We get to reinvestigate Hans Holzer's very first case this season. And, you know, just to go back in and, and this guy was amazing at keeping notes and some of them are terrifying And you just realize how he was so passionate about getting the story right. And when he felt he was being led or lied to, he would report the story the way it was being given to him. But in his notes, he's like, something's off and we should revisit this story. So that really helps give us a a key element into some of these cases as well to to redefine what truth was and what it really is now.
1: I alluded to your team a bit ago, a really entertaining cast of characters that each brings something unique to the show. Tell me a little about Cindy, about Shane, Gabe, who does the research, and of course you mentioned Alexandra, who happens to be the late doctor's daughter.
0: Well, of course, Alexandra and I became friends after her uh, stint on, on our radio show, and I hired her to a few of our live events, and We worked on the TV show Paranormal Challenge together a few times, and this was just a natural progression for it. And I was so pleased to be a part of this. Uh, And Alex gets to work with us um, in front of and behind the scenes this season on an episode. Uh, So I'm excited about that as well. Um, Cindy Casos has to be one of the most talented mediums I've ever come across, and she is so tapped in. To the, that element and, and able to provide to us some really interesting information. Shane has got his uh, finger on the pulse of what's going on out there technology-wise, new ideas and experiments and ideas and how we can try to make these communications and make sense of them. And then Gabe Roth, I mean, the guy is tireless. He'll sit there and dig through boxes upon boxes of case files, blowing off the dust and looking for a story that's got an interesting twister element to it that You know, they're willing to let us in, which is a tough job now because, you know, this guy's career spanned over 60 years and a lot of those buildings no longer exist or are now owned by very rich individuals who have no interest in allowing a a paranormal team in. So he has his work cut out for him in showing them why it's important to share this element of our history.
1: Tonight's season premiere, Phantom Hand, takes you and your team to Cleveland, Ohio, circa 1963, where you revisit the case of the Todd family who experienced some frightening and unexplainable paranormal activity in the basement of their apartment. But without giving too much away, you and your team ended up getting way more than you bargained for here.
0: This turns into an amazing case of paranormal activity and crossing into true crime with a serial killer. A serial killer that even eluded the famous Elliot Ness. And uh, this story it, it was it took us completely out of our normal element and into a you know new place to investigate, a new style of investigating and it really pays off. We got some bizarre activity and uh, I got to say when you watch it you'll hear how unnerved I get when I hear the woman scream and see or myself, a full-on shadow apparition.
1: Crazy. Dave Schrader is my special guest. Very excited for Season 2 of The Holzer Files. 13 brand-new one-hour episodes to look forward to. And it begins with the season premiere tonight at 10 o'clock Central on the Travel Channel. When did filming begin for this new season, out of
0: curiosity? We started back in uh, January, and we had filmed, I think, our first five episodes. Um, We were just starting to tap into our sixth episode when the pandemic really kind of hit and they decided, you know, we should all go home, be with our families because nobody wants to get trapped on the road. And at that time they were talking about closing states and, you know, making travel nearly impossible. So we all scrambled and went back home and sat for three months and, you know, lived our lives and enjoyed our time with our families. And then when they felt it was safe for us, we went back out. And and, uh, I think we were the first paranormal show back out there filming, but we were, So well taken care of by our companies, uh, the Painless Productions and uh, Discovery Channel, the Travel Channel network to make sure that our safety was paramount and, and they really took care of us before we went back out there.
1: I've gotten a teaser of where you and your team are headed throughout season two. And as more of a history buff versus a paranormal guy where I'm merely a casual observer, Dave, I cannot wait for these new episodes. I know the paranormal is the bigger hook for most, but would you agree with me that this is also a fascinating exploration into history, too?
0: That's my favorite element, uh, to be honest with you, Andy. I love history. I love history. And, boy, if we could teach children history tied to ghost stories— how much more interesting would it be for them and these aren't stories you need to make up there's enough in them and i you know we visit the conference house this year where ben franklin stood and took a stand against uh the king and and the offers that they made you know washington was out fighting the war and they had wanted to meet with washington he sent his his uh cadre of, of group to go out there, and, and Ben Franklin was the mouthpiece, and they stood tall and said, no, we're not going to yield. We will stand and fight for our country, and that was a turning point, and we get to be there. Mm. We get to be a part of that story now, and then we go to Surratt Tavern, where John Wilkes Booth rode after he assassinated President Lincoln, oh, wow. and we get to investigate the history and story of that, and when people tune in, they're going to learn, but it's all wrapped up in a really fun, entertaining way to do it. You're, you don't even really realize how much you're learning when you watch these shows, but that's what I love about it is my kids watch because they want to see dad, but they walk away having learned an interesting element of our history, and that's really what ghosts are—history's way of always reminding us of where we've been and how important it is to never forget.
1: Man, that's a great point, and I, I think you're onto something as far as education of our youth goes. I mean, we all know attention spans are shorter than ever, but boy, if you can uh, hook them in with something like that, boy, that—I uh, hope my teachers and my audience are listening uh, very closely here because I think you're onto something.
0: <laughs> um, I, well, I'm either on something or I'm on something, well, one that... or the other. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Dave, what are some of the tools you think are absolutely necessary on missions like these? I mean, that's a, another aspect of parapsychology I find interesting is the technology and how it picks up on things the human senses might not.
0: I'm very basic. You know, I leave the the more um, kind of intriguing tools to Shane to deal with. Uh, I, I like the SLS camera, which kind of maps out the human figures in a room. It spreads millions of pinpoints of light throughout a room, and it's looking for depth and change. And it's looking for head, shoulders, knees, and toes to outline a human. And when something maps in, it's pretty remarkable. But I really like the old-fashioned recorder. I'm, I'm a big EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena guy. I like to record and see if we can get that immediate response. And we get some chilling immediate responses, some that were terrifying, some that were heartwarming, and some that were just totally astounding to hear come through on these recorders this season. So that's my favorite. But I think the most important tool we all need when we go into these things is common sense and patience, because it's real easy to jump to the fact that maybe it's a demon or something evil because we're frightened. But you have to get past that element and go a little further. And that's why I've I've been really proud. We're not the demon of the week show. Other shows do that really well, but we really kind of go for the human element of why are these spirits so upset and giving them the respect that Dr. Holzer would have done and hopefully helping them and the people that are being tormented by them.
1: Speaking of parapsychology, is experience and instinct typically the best way to become more well-versed or is there an actual schooling for that sort of endeavor?
0: Professor Lloyd Auerbach does some training. I know that there are, you can actually Google parapsychology classes and there are, there are schools that you can take online courses with. Um, but yeah, you can certainly take it further and learn why it's important to know this, why you should do what you do. Uh, and if people want to email me, Dave at I wrote a book, co-wrote a book on how to ghost hunt. And, uh, I've got those available as well, but it, it explains why we do it, how we do it, why it's important to put together a team in a specific way, understanding how you can make mistakes and, and think it's paranormal. So, you know, it's like anything. You, you should spend time learning before you go out into the field and just inject yourself into it. Understand the principles of why we do what we do, how these tools work, why they work, and, and what is most effective out in the field.
1: Finally, Dave, since we're running out of time here, Halloween is nearly upon us. What were some of your favorite costumes as a youngster? And give me your most and your least favorite candies, too, if you would.
0: Uh, my favorite costume, I think, was Batman. Mm. I, I love Batman and the Lone Ranger. Those were my two that uh, I, I really loved being a part of and, and wearing those costumes. Um, you know, but, but I was fine with whatever. It was really all about getting the candy. My favorite were Three Musketeer Bars, ah. uh, getting the Three Musketeers, and Dum Dums uh, or Tootsie Rolls, uh, Pops, the, the suckers with the Tootsie Roll Center. I love those. I wasn't a big fan of candy corn. You know, you, you, I, I could eat it in, in little bits here and there. And then, of course, you've got the high octane pixie sticks that would help you get from one end of town to the other by infusing yourself with those as you were making your long trek home. Uh, you know, I, was, I, I grew up in the age, Andy, when, when I would get home from school, wolf down dinner, grab two pillowcases, put on my costume and run to the furthest corner of town I could get to, meet up with my buddies, and then we would work our way back home and come back with two teeming bags of candy. Uh, and that was a good night for me. I'm sorry to see that we don't see that in the world anymore. And this Halloween's going to be a little different. But, folks, make it special for your family. Make it special for your kids because it's still all about them.
1: It is. And uh, you, you and I are cut from the same cloth, by the way. I, I have very fond memories of doing the exact same thing with pillowcases and then tormenting my parents because I wouldn't go to sleep at night. and. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good yeah, stuff. And my dad woke me up on Halloween night to show me on Channel 32 in Chicago, the movie that scared him. He woke me up to watch Night of the Living Dead on a midnight showing. Oh. And even with commercials, that movie scared the bejesus out of me, and I had a great time, and I was hooked on horror from that point forward.
1: Oh, man. That's one that I might have to revisit. But I tell you what, for those that are looking for something a little bit different, Season 2 of The Holzer Files premieres tonight at 10 p.m. Central on the Travel Channel. And if you've never listened to Darkness Radio, you've been doing that, what, 15 years, Dave?
0: Yep, 15 years now. They can find us on any of their favorite uh, uh, podcast tools or just tell your smart device play the newest edition of Darkness Radio Podcast, and it'll launch it for you, and you can go along on the ride, and we like to have fun with the show. So it's spooky when it needs to be and fun when it doesn't. So we're all a part of that, just making it entertaining all the way around for Darkness Radio.
1: That's great stuff. Thank you so much, Dave. It was a pleasure talking to you. I hope to have you back again real soon.
0: Anytime you want to talk spooky stuff, Andy, just give me a call, and happy Halloween, and uh, keep it spooky for all of your listeners out there.
1: (laughs) Thank you, sir. Have a great day.
0: You too.